0: god please help us to keep you as our one desire lord i just pray that you'd fan the flames in our heart that we would um just love you more that we would seek you that we would recognize that you are the treasure without you heaven wouldn't be heaven thank you for being that treasure thank you for seeking us out and bringing us salvation so we can spend an eternity with you. And Lord, we pray that this morning that each one of us would receive um, whatever it is that you have for us. We know that you are a God who knows us individually. You know every detail of our lives. You know everything that we're going through. And you know just exactly what we need. So just bless the message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated.
1: If you are age 12 and under, you can head back to Camp Pointway. They've got a special project back there and a lesson. I was told I can preach for about an hour and a half. They might be done with their project by then, but just kidding. Interesting how they were talking about laughing in church, right? Joe mentioned that, right? Do they not know your pastor? I mean, come on, what's, what's not to laugh at? So, I don't have the big floppy red shoes or the bright red nose, but I have been known to dress up that way more than once. So, street evangelism and that. So, there are pictures out there somewhere on Facebook if you want to look them up. But, anyways, good morning. Um, if you came here this morning expecting a Mother's Day message, I'm going to disappoint you. Once again, no. I do think mothers are important, certainly, and I do wish a happy Mother's Day. But inevitably, when holidays fall on a Sunday, it becomes very difficult. If you just do that message, I've watched this over the years, if you do a Mother's Day message, all the mothers check out, or guys just go, I'm done, right? Same thing on Father's Day, the mothers check out, or the kids check out, or the young people check out. Um, and so, don't want to do that. I want to have something for all of us, although there is going to be some mothers mentioned in here, especially a mother-in-law, right? We're going to continue with our series on the book of Ruth. We've been working through that, and we started off with chapter one, right, in Ruth, and again, who's the main character in the book of Ruth? Boaz, Ruth. Oh, somebody got it. Who said it? Linda, did you say that? God? God? Oh, Tony was saying it, all right. Oh, Jenny said it too? All right, all right, good. God is always the main character in all the stories in the Bible. Come on now. No better than that. But certainly we've been introducing some other characters along the way. And God uses people, and so that's not wrong uh, in that either. Um, And we see how God works through situations. What else do we know about Ruth? Ruth has a mother-in-law. What's her name? Naomi, Naomi right? And what is she known for in the in this book? Bitterness, Bitterness yeah. Why was she bitter, Steve? She lost, her lost her husband and her two sons, right? Yeah, so she lost everything. And in that time, it was hard for, for women in general, but especially for an older lady to lose all of her support, right? She has nothing. In fact, we even titled the message in chapter 1, right? No hope. At that point, there was no hope. Now, Naomi had been in with the Moabites, and she returned back. And she had two daughter-in-laws, right? Anyone else remember? Ruth is the easy one. Do anyone remember the other, other name? Opa? Oprah? Yeah, you, you're relying on me on my pronunciation, you'd be in trouble, but yes, correct. She had two. Did they both go back? No, just one, right, Ruth? Man, you guys are good. You're good. This is this is good. It's helpful for me to kind of jog in my memory here, right? So we we keep working up, right? So we had no hope, and then chapter two, Boaz gets introduced, and we titled that message temporary hope. And why did we call it temporary hope? Harvest time, food, right? Right? We, we need food, right? We, we survive on food, and, and most of us, you know, we can eat one day, but um, we need food the next day. Some of us go from breakfast to lunch to, to dinner. It's kind of our, our normal, right? But we need food. And again, these women going back were not guaranteed food. But it just so happened that meth came at that time of the harvest, right? And we talked about the Israelites having that method of taking care of those in need. Right? They could walk behind the harvesters and they could pick up the gleanings, right? The, the leftovers, the things that the, the, the crew missed, and they could keep that for themselves. We also talked about how Ruth just so happened last week to end up in Boaz's field, right? And Boaz took notice of her. And so that's where the the story kind of comes all the way back around to that that full circle to where we are today. And again, food is one thing, right? Temporary hope. But there's going to be a greater need. They need a little bit more than just their food. And so we're going to see how they need a little bit more as in hope and security. One of the, the needs of, of all of us, right, is to feel secure, to have something around us. And quite often, we, our homes are that to us. But even in a bigger picture, we need God's protection. And I haven't failed to mention, I've been talking about the characters, but remember, this is also Israel in general, right? And some of these characters are the same. Uh, you can pull that out to God and His protection on His people, right? And we need that as well. And so that's how this story mirrors that, and it's a foreshadowing of what's yet to come with Jesus. Remember, Ruth is in the Old Testament. So let's dive into chapter 3, verse 1 this morning. It says, One day Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be provided for. Now Boaz, with with whose women you have been working with, is a relative of ours. Tonight there will be a willing of the barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying, and then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. All right, so we have a lot going on here, right? This, this story has kind of come to a, a, a point now, and this is a point where up till now, Ruth has been passive, right, in this relationship. She's hung back. She's been just doing the work, and her reputation has spoke for her, right? We know Boaz has already recognized her, but now Naomi is saying, hey, you need, we need something more. Food is great, but the harvest is starting to wind down. We're going to run out of food. We need more than just food. We need a home. We need more security. We need something around us. And some commentators have said, is this a, a scheme? Is this a plan? You know, is, is Naomi being manipulative? No, actually, she's, she's looking out for not only Ruth, but most likely for herself as well in this. And again, this was part of the custom of the day. This was part of the normal way of approaching a situation. Also notice some of the instruction that Naomi gives, right? Ruth, clean up, right? Put on some perfume, you know, make yourself attractive, right? Be pleasing, right? Smell and looks and and also the timing, right? And Emily sets the stage, right? She says, wait until after he's eaten, he's had a little bit to drink, and you know, his belly's full, and he's at that good spot. And then go to him. Notice where he lays down. Again, when I was reading the backdrop to this, it was kind of interesting that quite often after the harvest and after they would be working to get it prepared for the long winter ahead or whatever, they would start to gather together. It was a celebration, and so they would have a huge feast and they would be wine involved and they would be drinking but it wasn't uncommon for them and rather than go back to their own homes they would just stay together. Quite often it would be to get up the next day and there. And again if you're a righteous person like Boaz here you see where you know they stayed with their families together within the large building, right? He went off by himself. Nothing was impropriate here. It's not risque as, as some of you read it through today's lens. You might think that. Also, the uncovering of the feet. It's kind of an interesting thing here, but what that is showing in the culture, again, is that she is available. She's making herself available. She's humility or humbly going before Boaz and saying, hey, I'm here at your feet. Tell me what to do next right? I'm, I'm, I'm available. You can reject me. You can take me in. You can tell me to go elsewhere. You, you know, it, it's that coming with open hands. And so that's the, the picture that we have here and the thing that's been set up. And again, it's the stage is set. And this is kind of the, the highlight or the, the pinnacle of the story that we've been reading and working through. Verse 5 Ruth's answer to him, I will do whatever you say. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother in law told her to do. One of the things that you notice right away is Ruth is obedient, right? Joe, you talked about giving wisdom, right? Naomi's using her wisdom of the Israelites' culture and what's going on and how to approach this situation. So she's passing that on to Ruth. Here's what you do. Don't forget, Ruth wouldn't have known this, right? She's a Moabite. Her her culture, her traditions were totally different. So she needed all this instruction. And so Naomi says to her, and Ruth faithfully obeys. And you have to know that she follows it detail, every detail, just as Naomi had instructed. Obedience, it's a great trait. It's a great character um, to have. Verse 7 it says, when Boaz had finished eating and drinking and pile spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the, in the, of the end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. I love how the Bible puts those things in those details, right? You know, and today, right? If, if your feet are uncovered, you're, you're probably going to wake up. But if there was somebody there, certainly you'd be startled, right? This is not normal. This didn't happen every day, right? Women didn't go out and, and find men and uncover their feet and, and sit at their feet every day and, or hold them. or you know, right? She obviously was right there. So it would startle you too, right? Something came up your feet, right? You know, even the dog will do that to us or a cat. And, right? It's not normal. So it wakes up with a start, And you see here by his response that he doesn't know who it is, right? He's not expecting this. Verse 9, it says, Who are you? I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. So again, Ruth had that information. Naomi had kept saying that. And again, the the symbolism here, obviously, in, in action, spoke louder than even the words, but she's asking for him. To, to cover her, right? The, the word guardian, redeemer, is actually a legal term in the Israelite history, and it's a, a redeemer that would be protecting, would take care of all of the needs. It had a, even a deeper meaning, not only the temporary needs, but the future needs, right? This was a generational thing. From that point on, if this was to take place, Ruth jumps right into the line. She becomes one of them right so it's a it's a legal term but it has far reaching effects right it's just not a, a simple thing it's not a temporary thing this is something now from from this point on forever he's going to be responsible for her and her family which is right naomi comes with that deal and jokingly we can say naomi was still bitter right so again that was probably a weighing on on the decision no we get to see a little bit here of boaz's character. We get some insight here through the scripture. Verse 10 it says the lord bless you my daughter this kindness is greater than that which you've showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men whether rich or poor. And now my daughter don't be afraid i will do for you what you have asked. All the all of all of the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Again, the, the words matter here, right? The, Boaz speaks a blessing over her, right? He says, May the Lord bless you, my daughter. And again, even that term, my daughter, right, that, there's that connection with, as family, right? Boaz's heart is already softened to, to bringing her in. And he notes her character, right? remember, she's dressed up, she's put on perfume, she's, she's, she's done everything right, but it's her character that he calls out even more so. You've not chased after the younger men, right, or the rich person, or even the poor, right? You've humbled yourself, you've, you've selected, in some ways, you've selected me, Boaz is saying. And she has a reputation of being noble. Again, not only by what she said, but by her actions. Great lesson for us as well, right? We, say we, can, we can say a lot of things, but if we don't do them or put them into practice, they don't mean much, right? We're known more by what we do, putting those things into action. Also, we don't have to speak them, right? We had a message on that back a ways, I think, right? But our actions will be known. They'll, they'll know us by our love for each other. It's going on exactly... Verse 12, there's a problem, though. It's not easy. It's not just going on exactly to plan. Verse 12 says, Although it is true that I am a garden redeemer, guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. See, they had a system, right? There was a, a way of, of going about it. And again, if this is going to be that, that legal thing, it had to be done right. And Boaz is not taking a shortcut here. He doesn't want to circumvent. He certainly wants to help Ruth, and he's acknowledged who she is, but there's a process. And guess what? There's someone else that's entitled to be that redeemer. He's entitled to to take Ruth Ruth as his own wife, have children, and carry the line on that way. So there's a problem here. It's not quite finished yet. Of course, Ruth doesn't understand this. She doesn't know. She didn't know that there was somebody else. Quite, quite honestly, probably Naomi didn't know that either. Because otherwise she might have directed it somewhere else. But again, as this story has been unfolding, we've seen how it's meant to be, Ruth and Boaz together. It is as well. Verse 13. This is Boaz instructing her. It he says, Stay here for the night, and in the morning... If he wants to do this, his duty as your God and redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. All right? So Boaz doesn't want to just leave her in the lurch, doesn't want to say, well, hey, you know, sorry, it's not me, it's somebody else. You're out of luck, right? Or you have to wait and see. No, he reassures her hey, one way or the other, you're going to be provided for. Again, we see that character of Boaz here. He cares about Ruth. And he makes a promise before the Lord to her. He's, He's saying, hey, if he doesn't, don't worry. I've got you. I'll be the one. I'll step up. I'm the next one in line. So this would have been assuring to Ruth to some degree, but also troubling because she doesn't know who this other person is. Can you imagine the thoughts running through her head? Oh, what if he's not like Boaz? What if he's abusive? What if he, you know, all those what-ifs that run through our heads, right? You don't know the outcome, right? She's uncertain. She's been looking for this person to take that place of her husband and that protector, and yet she doesn't even know this man. And I'm sure, sure in her mind, it's like, it's by chance, you know? Who knows what, what kind of character he is? Assurance, but he is the rightful one. And so Boaz gives her that reassurance that either way, you will be provided for. And we see the obedience here of Ruth in verse 14. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. Now again, if you read in this uh, from today's culture, you'd say, well, she was embarrassed or she was trying to hide. No, that's not it at all. Boaz here is really, uh, from everything I've read, Boaz, Boaz was protecting not her reputation as much, but also his own because, again, she went to the wrong person. Right? Remember, he's going to go and ask and find out who this other person is and if he wants her. So, in some ways, Ruth went out of order, unbeknownst to her. And so that's where the protection is. That's why he's telling her, hey, don't mention that she came. Because that would be an insult to this other person. And so that's setting the stage for chapter 4. You're going to have to come back next week. We're not going to get that far this morning. But that's the reasoning behind the most logical reasoning why he's saying, hey, get up beforehand. Get out quietly. Quietly. Don't let them see you. And if anyone does see her, hey, don't mention it. Again, we see Boaz's character. Verse 15, he also said, Bring me the shawl that you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. Again, that, that constant... Care, right? We see that Boaz cares about her, her needs, even her temporal needs, and he gives her measures of barley. And again, the, when we look at the amount, it's a lot. It's more than enough. It's quite a measure um, for her to carry back, right? In fact, she just couldn't carry it in her hand. She had to use a shawl to, to kind of make a bundle on her back to carry it back. It was a, a large amount. Again, he's providing not only temporal, but for a few days or even months. Uh, for her and also Naomi. Verse 16. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi, she asked, How did it go, my daughter? And then she told her everything Boaz had done for her, and then added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Again, Boaz sees that, Hey, this is not Ruth's idea, right? Not totally. Totally. I mean, she's being obedient, she's doing it, but Naomi's the one that's putting her up for it as well. And Boaz is reassuring, really, in some ways, in Naomi that, hey, we're going to take care of you one way or the other. We're going to make sure that things are going to go well with you, as, right? You're, you're going to be provided for. And so that's why the, the gift is given back and, and again, taken back to Naomi herself. And I'm sure Naomi's wrestling now with the same thing that Ruth wrestled with, right? She, she had intended for, for Ruth to be with Boaz, and he's got some wealth, he's got a good godly character, he's the one, he's the guy, but yet there's this other guy, right? There's somebody else in the picture. You know, the questions, right? You know, the... You that are old enough to have older children, right? The, our, our kids start dating and we start questioning, oh, hey, who, who are they dating? And is he the one or not, right? Is he the right one? And all those parental questions. And can he, you know, we usually have a checklist. I, I know I've had those checklists with all three of our kids. And, but it's not up to me, right? So Naomi's no different, right? This is her future. This is her plan. So, it, you know, if it's not Boaz, and what about this other guy? Is he going to be the right one? Is he Mr. Right? Is he going to do the right thing? You see a lot of the questions popping up here, and you can only imagine the emotions behind all of those. Again, this is important, right? This is their future. They up to now they've been just walking through life here and just struggling just to survive and just to get to this place, and yet it's still not certain. Although Boaz has said he would step up, but that's if the other guy doesn't. You can also imagine Naomi might be praying, you know, again, which we do in those moments, right? Oh, man, I hope this other guy is, you know, doesn't want to, right? I want Boaz. She's already set her heart. She's said that Ruth has been blessed. She sees the the connection. She's probably hoping for Boaz to come through. Again, you'll have to either read ahead or come next week to find out, but we'll wrap up this morning with verse 18. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Naomi's already determined that Boaz's character is such that if he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it, right? Again, we talked a little bit this morning about character and how that matters, right? And if Boaz has given his word, Naomi knows just based on his reputation and up to this point, he's going to do it. In fact, he's not going to to do it when he gets around to it. He's going to do it today. Again, I know we've, we've talked about character in that message, but we've even mentioned about our yes being yes and our no being no, right? Or if we make a commitment, we keep that commitment and how important that is, right? That's, that's important for our reputation, but it's also part of our witness, right? As Christ followers, we, we need to be people of integrity, people of our word. But they've got to Wait. They've got to wait until this matter gets resolved. Again, and it's important to them. This is their future. This is their hope. This is the security that they can have going forward. This also has potential, right, to, to continue the line, right? This is a, a generational thing that could happen, right? Ruth is still young. She can still have children. So this is really much more than just a place to stay and just temporary hope, but it's long lasting hope that they can realize. So, I encourage you to read on ahead or come back next week, but we'll look at chapter four. But a couple of things that we can take away from this morning character. Does character matter? Some of, the, some of you guys know, I don't ask rhetorical questions, but yes, yes, character does matter. And it matters a lot. Both men and women's character, right? Does action matter? What, what we do? Yes, definitely. And are there some things that we need to change about our character? Just a couple of thoughts for this morning and to Go forth and, again, enjoy the day. And if you haven't contacted your mother yet or done something special, I'm sure some of you will be doing that today as well. But character matters. It matters to God, and it should matter to us as well. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your willingness to be patient with us. Lord, we also thank you for the provisions that you give. We see your faithfulness throughout the scriptures, Lord, and we know and we can trust that you'll provide for us as well. Lord, help us to be of noble character, Lord, in our actions and our words and everything that we do. Lord, continue to do your work in and through us and through your people. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Something a little special this morning, a little bit different. I'm going to ask Renee to come up front this morning. Uh, some of you may or may not know that this is uh, Renee's last Sunday with us. She's going to be moving to Florida in a couple of weeks. In fact, we, I think we still can use some guys to help load the truck, but she's going to be with family next week. And so I've asked her to come up front so that we can send her off with blessings. Renee's been here for quite some time and... Um, some of you men and ladies and elders, if you would come up and as we just pray over her and and again just send her off with with blessings. she's a dear sweet lady and my penguin <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's right so but uh we'll get to say goodbye to her, and there'll be opportunities obviously to to do that so a couple of you want to pray, and then I'll close this. Dearly Father, we thank you for Renee and the time that we've had with her, Lord, and the the work that we've been able to see you doing in her life. Uh, Mm. And Lord, we just uh, lift her up to to you as she is moving on to warmer pastures. (laughs) (laughs) We Just ask that you, God, bless bless her, Lord, and continue to uh, work in and through her life and draw her closer to yourself, Lord. We just uh, yeah, pray for your blessing upon her as she heads out from here.
2: Father God, thank you so much for Renee. and Thank you for everything you've done in her life, Lord God. That you're redeeming her. <laughs> and bringing her unto yourself through Jesus. Making her your child, your daughter, your beautiful one. Thank you for your spirit at work in her. Thank you for what you've been doing in her. Thank you, Lord, for your grace upon Renee's life. Thank you for her, her joy and her exuberance and her sweet, sweet fellowship, Lord, and her through laughter and that we've had together. Lord, thank you for carrying her through a painful season in her life. Lord, we thank you for the healing And, Lord, there's more in her body that needs healing. We pray for that healing, Father God. We pray for that freedom from the continual pain that she's in. We know, Lord, that you are the God of the impossible. And, Lord, we pray that you go before her. Father, that you continue to provide for her. Provide a home and a job and a community, Lord God not only family by blood, but family in Jesus Christ, and receive her in and give her warmth and acceptance and love in that next family of God. And when she's worried and when she's anxious, Lord God, and when she's in pain, Lord God, would you bring your presence so strong upon her, Lord, that she feels your embrace, she feels your love, and she feels and remembers she belongs. She belongs to you, her Redeemer. We thank you for her,
1: Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I do thank you for Renee and our time with her, Lord. And Lord, even though we have to temporarily say goodbye to her, Lord, that you would just uh, continue uh, the work you've done in her, that you continue to bless her, Lord. Lord, I pray for that next church body that finds her, Lord, and the gem that she is, that she'll know right away when she walks in, Lord, that that's her new home and her new church family, Lord. Surround her with those that would just lift her up, that would encourage her, that would spur her on, Lord. Lord, we ask for our protection. We ask for your blessings on Renee. And Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.